Welcome to the fourth annual Tuggies, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) We are the Untitled Gaming Podcast. My name is Pat. Today we're joined by Chance. Hello. (laughs) Who's a ghost, apparently. (laughs) Zach. Hello. And Rick. And Rick. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We're a gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. We usually discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews, impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, this is a special episode because this is our fourth annual The Untitled Gaming Podcast Awards, shortened to the Tuggies because we are TugPod. So uh, we're just going to be going through the best movies, TV shows, and games of 2021. Um, you, as a listener, had the opportunity to vote on this, as did the rest of us, and we are going to be finding out who won for the first time tonight, because we don't even know. Uh, in addition to our normal categories, we are also new this year is we're peppering in personal awards. So if you feel there's a category that we didn't represent, or there's something that you want to personally recognize, you have that opportunity. Just feel free to come in at any point where it's relevant. Uh, obviously, don't award a video game when we're on the movies category, but whenever you feel it's natural. All right, everyone ready? Yeah, let's do it. Let's hope so. All right. Um, we're going to start with movies first, because I feel like movies was the weakest of the categories this year, or I guess last year, 2021. Um, so we're going to be starting with best visual effects. Who has best visual effects? I have best visual effects. So... Go ahead and read the category, what it actually is defined by, and the nominees. Best visual effects it is the most well-constructed and well-used visual effects in a film. The nominees are Spider-Man, No Way Home, The Eternals, The Suicide Squad, Dune, and Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. And the Tuggy. A lot of superhero movies here. Mostly superhero movies, and then like <laughs> Dune. And the winner of our very first Tuggy, twenty twenty two, is Dune. Ooh, well deserved. Very well. Uh, uh, those giant worms. Um, kind of just the whole sand planet was done very well. So they are the makers. Get it right. <laughs> I've only read the first book, all right? It's just so have I. Which, We're talking about the movies here. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. The The movie is like one third of the book. So. All right, moving on to best musical score in a movie. I have that one, the best musical score. All right, Chance, for movies, take it away. Um, which is a musical score that best conveys the tone of the film. Oh, God damn it. Why does that have to be the names? <laughs> it's always the names. Why can't people just have normal names like Joe and Jim? There's, a, there's a John in there. <laughs> First, we have uh, Raman Jawadi for Eternals. Um, then we have Hans Zimmer for Dune, followed by John Murphy for The Suicide Squad, uh, Jermaine Franco for Encanto, and lastly, uh, Joel P. West for uh, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. And the winner of the best musical score, Tuggy, goes to... Hans Zimmer for Dune. This is like the third Tuggy for Hans Zimmer, I think, at this point. <laughs> I think if Hans Zimmer just gets nominated for anything, he should automatically win. Dune is two for two right now. That it is. Well done, uh, Dune. Well, Dune. <laughs> 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 All 
there, it was part one. They 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 kind of lied to us going in. They're like, they oh, do the movie, and then you get there, and oh, part one. This is only the first part, and it's like, what? they didn't say that in the freaking. Yeah, I think trailers. I think in like four years we'll have a, a good Dune complete saga. That's when that that's when the good stuff happens in the second half of the book, and so the second one will definitely be a lot better than the, than the first part. But I thought it was a good setup. Obviously, musical score was well done there. Um, I also want to shout out uh, Ram and Jawadi for Eternals. That was one of the best parts of that movie. So, Moving on to most underrated movie. So this is the best all-around package in terms of narrative, visuals, and production in a movie that did not get its due recognition by the general public. The nominees are I Care A Lot, The Suicide Squad, A Quiet Place Part 2, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and Val. And your winner is... Some ASMR going on over there. Uh, I'm, I'm for it. The Suicide Squad. Nice. Very well done. That movie was. Yeah. It just it had so much to live up to because the first Suicide Squad was bad, and we're like, is this going to be like that same thing repeated? Because the trailers for that were good as well. So we're all like, at least I went in going like, this is a very uphill yeah. battle. This movie was definitely better than the first. But I went in with my my bars kind of low. So uh, it did better than I thought. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, and the first 10 minutes was like a giant trick out of like all these big names. And you knew like a lot of people were going to die and it did not disappoint. Uh, me and me and the kid watched it last week and it holds up. I love it. Yeah. And it gave birth to a great series this year. So, oh, God, <laughs> watch, watch the Tuggies next year. Yeah. For some of you who are thinking like Suicide Squad was kind of a big deal. Why is that underrated? It kind of just, it did not do well in terms of box office because it came out, you know, right when movie theaters were just opening up. And then it kind of just, people stopped talking about it within a couple of weeks. And I think that movie, if that came out when there was no COVID, would have been one of the biggest movies of the year. So definitely think it's underrated. Um, Moving on to best performance. So best performance, uh, that is the most impactful, compelling, and best executed performance by an actor or actress in a film. And our nominees are Willem Dafoe as Norman Osborn in Spider-Man No Way Home, Rosamund Pike as Marla Grayson in I Care A Lot, Nicolas Cage as Rob in Pig, Timothy Chalamet as Paul Atreides in Dune, and then Rami Malek as Safin in No Time To Die. And the winner is, give me a sec, how to open the envelope here. What did you seal this with? They're, they're rough to open. pre-sealed things, yeah. Nicolas Cage as Rob in Pig. Oh, oh Zach's Cage. favorite actor. <laughs> it was a brilliant movie. Like I was, I was very surprised. And the performance was actually really good. Yeah, and I, I recommend going in without seeing any trailers because I expected a very different film just by like the beginning 10 minutes and like kind of knowing the premise. And I was surprised at how not that type of film it was. Yeah. But it was, it still was just a left good. turn. And I've said it, you know, once I'll say it a thousand more times. Nicholas Cage is a phenomenal actor. I'm not, I don't think he's a bad actor at all. I don't think he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. He's a Tuggy award winner. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> He's going to put this on the mantle right next to his Oscar that he has and Will Smith doesn't. So, yeah. All right. Moving on to best director. I have this one. 
So Best Director, Outstanding Creative Vision and Innovation in a Film. Uh, nominees are Denis Villeneuve for Dune, Chloe Zhao for Eternals, John Watts for Spider-Man No Way Home, James Gunn for The Suicide Squad, and Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. And your winner is... Denis Villeneuve for Dune! Very well-directed oh, film, even though it was only part of the story. But yeah. overall, the visuals and like the atmosphere he created and just world-building in terms of... Because that is a very dense world in the in the book and he translated that to film very well so like that's dune like that's how it should look like it looked like it was a really good transition from book to live action yeah definitely uh especially where that source material has failed in terms of movie and tv shows before uh he did a really good job there so hats off um next up we have movie of the year who has that one I have the movie of the year, which is the best all-around package in terms of narrative visuals and production in a film. Um, The nominees are Spider-Man No Way Home, The Suicide Squad, Pig, Dune, and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Is this going to be a clean sweep for Dune? Got to raffle up the envelope, make it look like, you know, I'm opening it, but I already kind of pre-opened it. I didn't look inside them. Um, okay, here we go. And the winner of the movie of the year is Spider-Man No Way Home. Ooh. Yay, Spider-Man. Right. Ooh, Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. It's it's like what? Isn't it like the fourth or it's like the fifth top selling yeah, it's movie? It's the highest right movie to come out in terms of COVID. Highest grossing film. Yeah, COVID hasn't yeah. stopped that movie at all. Yeah, and in, in right, fact, if, if anything, it's helped COVID. It's a big ally for COVID right now. <laughs> uh, but it is a great film, and I recommend if you haven't seen it in theaters and it is safe for you to go to see it in theaters, go see it in theaters. Otherwise, wait for it to be on. Wait, is it going to be on Disney Plus? Because it's Sony. Yeah, it should be. Well, actually, I think it should. It still know, should be, right? No, honestly, the uh, the Sony Spider Mans like you can't find any of of them. Uh, I think they have a deal with like, Netflix for it because uh, what's the other one? The animated one is on Netflix. Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Uh, multiverse. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, but also like Homecoming and Far From Home, like they aren't on any streaming platform. I don't think. Yeah, maybe Stars or something like that. I don't know. Sony's weird, but hopefully someday it'll make it onto a streaming service you have. Um, I highly recommend watching it. I do have one personal award to give out best performance in a 2021 movie that I did not see until 2022. And that award goes to Benedict Cumberbatch for Phil in power of the dog. Power of the dog. Yep. Oh my gosh. I just finished the book. Oh really? It's a, based so on a book. good. I just finished the movie literally two hours ago and I'm like, holy shit, man. Uh, yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch is great. Now that's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. I mean, not quite as good as Nicolas Cage, but definitely. He's better. Are you mad? <laughs> Are you kidding? I'm, who won the tuggy, Zach? Who won the tuggy? Watch Peg, dude. It's on Hulu. Also, we do have a comment for those who, those of you listening. If you did vote on our Google form, there's a space for comments. Not a lot of people gave comments, but we do have comments for certain categories. In this case, we do have a comment from DRW. You, so dr triple you uh outside of pig call him drew it's dr woo 
Oh shit! Yeah, it might it, be Doctor Wu. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> or Drew. It's either Drew or Doctor Wu. I like Dr. Triple <laughs> Either way, uh, outside of Pig, the best movie I saw in 2021 was Kid Detective. It was hilarious and a devastating film with a wonderful performance from Adam Brody. Check it out. Okay, well, I'm going to put that on my list because something that is uh, hilarious, hilarious and devastating, and devastating. Is a very <laughs> interesting combination. There, talk about talk about a roller coaster of emotions. There. <laughs> But yeah, so those were our uh, best film category for 2021. And now we are moving on to television. Most underrated show. Uh, The most underrated TV show of 2021 is the best all-around package and in terms of narrative, visuals, and production in a TV show that does not get its due recognition. The nominees are The Nevers, Invincible, Star Wars, The Bad Batch, Yasuke, and Hacks. I'm assuming it's not Hacks, considering that did win, like, it did really good at the Emmys last year. (laughs) Someone nominated it, so. And the winner is Invincible. Ooh, okay, Invincible. Yeah, this is is one I did not really understand being in this category because yeah, i'm surprised i thought it did really well it so. did great numbers for amazon in terms of streaming and it was very critically well received so is it underrated <laughs> i don't know <laughs> well clearly whoever nominated it felt that it <laughs> multiple of you who have nominated probably it. rick <laughs> and chance <laughs> and zach i think i don't remember nominating it i may have but i don't remember nominating yeah, maybe you did, but they, I think them two did. I mean, I guess, I guess to, compared to a lot of other shows and stuff like that, I felt like that's fair. It really In, Invincible was like it was amazing, it was good, but like out of some of these other TV shows, it was kind of like behind all those. So I felt, I thought it was kind of underrated. But all right, that was your most underrated show. Who had? Oh, I have best visual effects for television. Uh, so this is the most well constructed and well used visual effects in a TV show. Uh, the nominees are WandaVision, Season 1. Hopefully that gets a Season 2. Uh, Witcher, Season 2. Arcane, Season 1. Loki, Season 1. And Chucky, Season 1. A lot of new TV shows in this category, which has not been the case in the past Tuggies. And your winner is Arcane. Wow. That's an upset if I've ever seen one. Am I, I thought I was the only one that I've seen. Have you guys seen Arcane? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I voted okay. for One Division. I will say I voted for Chucky. I haven't seen Chucky. I will never see Chucky. I haven't either. Was it good? Was it well received? Was it scary? It was underrated, and it had a little bit of scare factor. But the visual effects, a lot of it was done practically, which I think this day and age is rare. Really impressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I mean, Arcane obviously is all visual effects. If you think of it, think about it like that. So. Yeah, it's a very unique art art style. Um, they've actually uh, Riot has actually used that. Fr- I think it's a French. Uh, the art style uh, is French. Studio, yeah. They, well, it likes yeah, a lot it's of made cheese by a French, and wine. like a French company or something. Smoking like a, cigarettes constantly. No, uh, but <laughs> they use them in like other cinematics and stuff like that, and they've just decided to use use that art style for a show, and <clears throat> I feel like it pays off. People really like the style, and all right. Uh, best musical score who has that 
That's me. Best musical score for television. Obviously, the musical score that best conveys the tone of the television show. Oh, these are people again. <laughs> Chances got <laughs> These aren't that bad, though. Oh, these no. are pretty easy. Stop giving me the... Okay, here we go. Uh, the first nominee is Nicholas uh, Bertel. Bertel, yeah, you nailed it. It's pretty good. Okay. Nicholas Bertel for a Succession. Then we have Natalie Holt for Loki. Um, then uh, we have Christopher Beck uh, for WandaVision. Alex Seaver and um, Alexander Temple for Arcane. And then lastly, we have Joseph Chapanese for The Witcher. Um, and the Tuggies goes to... Whoops. You opened the wrong envelope. Uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> Alex Seaver and Alexander Temple Ooh. for Arcane. The music, I thought the music was amazing. Rick um, is despondent. Look at <laughs> Obviously, they have. I mean, how, can you hate ima- how can you hate Imagine Dragons? There's so Imagine many Dra- reasons to hate Imagine Dragons. <laughs> Literally, head in hand. Rick is despondent. The future is now, old man. Imagine Dragons is the future. <laughs> But Imagine Dragons is very much the past and or current present, maybe, but like, my God. Are they, are the they like this generation's Nickelback? They're more better than that. No, they're better more than better, Nickelback, surely. More better than that. It's like whenever I miss the skip credits on Arcane, it just ruins my entire day. But it, was not, it wasn't just the Imagine Dragons theme or anything. It was also the original song that they wrote for the actual uh, season one, and then the actual score yeah. throughout the episodes was really well done, so... I actually voted for it as well, even though I didn't want to. <laughs> All right, moving on to best performance. This is the most impactful, compelling, and best executed performance by an actor or actress in a TV show. Uh, we have Hemish Linklater as Father Paul in Midnight Mass, Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff in WandaVision, uh, Jason Spisak as Silco in Arcane. Tom Hiddleston as Loki in Loki, uh, and then Henry Cavill as Geralt in The Witcher. And your winner is Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff in WandaVision. Yes. Woo-hoo! Yes. Yeah. I, How did we let that get through? How did that happen? We what have a mean? literal episode titled <laughs> Give Elizabeth Olsen a Goddamn Emmy. Seriously. <laughs> How do you think that happened? <laughs> She she did a really good job as that, you know, they didn't really give her a lot to do in the actual movies up until that point, but then they're like, you know, go for it. And she really showed off her acting chops in terms of how different each episode is and you know how she played it as someone, you know, not knowing what's going on to kind of like trying to keep in this like bubble. And then at the end when everything's revealed yeah. and like dealing with the grief of it all and everything. Uh, very good performance there. Best episode? Uh, that is me. Uh, so, the best single episode of television, which is pretty self-explanatory, is the best all-around single episode of a TV show in terms of narrative, visuals, and production. So, our nominees are All the Bells Say, which is episode 9 of Succession, Previously On, which is episode 8 of WandaVision, Book 5, Gospel, which is episode 5 of Midnight Mass. The Monster You Created, which is episode 9 of Arcane. <laughs> and The Gang Carries a Corpse Up a Mountain, 
which is season 15, episode 8 of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. These are all amazing episodes. So, worthy winners here. Uh, while I get the envelope open here. Oh, dear God. I ripped the envelope in half. Oh, and the winner is previously on WandaVision. A very well-constructed episode. One that really kind answered of, a lot of questions. It yes. answered a lot of questions, and it kind of veered away from the template that they were doing mm-hmm. for, throughout the season. But they used that very well. So yeah, no, I thought I thought those were all very good episodes. So best season of television. Who has that? Best season of television. It's the best all-around package in terms of narrative, visuals, production, and a season of television. First nominee is Succession. Season three. We have WandaVision, season one. Invincible, season one. Arcane, season season one. Um, and Loki, also on season one. And your winner for best season of television is WandaVision. Yes, WandaVision. Come on, get in. What is happening? Get in. Honestly, I'm for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, for, I'm, it I'm for it. I thought it was fantastic. It was the best of the Marvel shows. It came out in January, so it kind of stayed at the top for the entire year. And yeah, just in terms of performance, in terms of direction, in terms of even music, how they you know individualized each of those for the episodes, at least the first six episodes or so, um, was really well done. And it was just, it really differentiated itself from the other TV shows out there. So definitely well-deserved. And a lot of people wanted it to have like a bigger impact on the MCU and it, it, it did have an impact, but not like a huge one, at least not as much as Loki. Yeah. Um, yeah. It still really, really worked. And every week, you know, it had us on the cliffhanger, had us like questioning and coming up with theories, especially in a time where we really needed that. Yeah, and not everything has to be like earth shattering, the world is in danger, or the galaxy is in danger. It could just be the small town is in danger. So, um, I do have a personal award to give out. So, this award is for the TV show that was robbed at the Tuggies, and that is Midnight Mass. Because fuck all of you, that show was amazing. Uh, Hamish Linklater had a fucking amazing performance. That's that scary religion show, right? I mean, all religion. It wasn't that is scary. scary, and it was very, very. Uh, it it is a show that made it made a whole episode of just two people talking compelling because of what they were discussing and how it related to both religion and the horror side of it. So I I really enjoyed it and I think more of you bitches need to watch it. Well, I watched it. That was just like the that episode just dragged on. I oh think like god. both me and the wife fell asleep. Oh my god! I can't believe you, Rick. <laughs> I'm sorry. My personal award, because I watch a lot of anime now, and I know anime is not like a super mainstream thing. Uh, so all I did, it was pretty generic, but it was like the best season of anime that I saw. There's a lot of anime that came out, but I didn't see all of it, obviously. Um, but the the four that I've seen so far this season, or this year, uh, was Jujutsu Kaisen, Yasuke, uh, Star Wars Visions, which is... Yeah, which is cool to see anime to kind of go into that realm. Really good. And then currently there's um, Attack on Titan Season 4 Part 2, and then Season 5 of My Hero Academia came out. For me personally, 
my favorite was Jujutsu Kaisen, but I also really liked Star Wars Visions. It was really cool to kind of see Star Wars kind of portrayed that way in, in a way that we hadn't seen it before. All right. I also have a personal award for TV. Um, we, we, we can have multiple personal awards, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've cool. given it three so far. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, this is what I like to call the Pillow Award for a TV show I slept on but eventually awoke to in 2021. I like it. Where I watched all three seasons in succession. Hey, that TV nice. show is succession. Yep. See what I did there? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm i sure Pat caused a stir about it in the previous years, and I just wasn't listening. But um, it, it's been he definitely caused a stir. Yep. Caused a stir about it this year. I think a few of the actors were on like SNL, and I was like, you know what? I have mornings with my baby. He can't really understand what's going on TV. If anything, I can just put on the subtitles and just went through all three seasons. And holy cow, that was quite the ride. So thank you, Pat. And my pillow award goes to Succession. And if you guys listening need a video game reason to watch Succession, just know it's dealing with a lot of business side acquisitions and business deals and behind the scenes of that. And a lot of that is happening in the video game industry right now with acquisitions i'm sure before microsoft bought activision they were asking what the temperature was like and if the doj is going to be involved and um are they going to take away our pjs find out what that means watch succession yeah, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> uh we do have some comments that people left who have uh filled out our google form or google doc uh zach or rick or chance you guys want to read one of these yeah sure the first comment was um, no best writing slash direction for TV question mark. I think that's kind of tough. We've talked about it before. It's not the same director for every episode. Yeah. Most makes TV it really shows difficult. have a different director. Um, yeah. So that would basically going to go by episode. Yeah. Right. And that makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, best writing. I guess it kind of more or less falls along the same line because it's how it's portrayed by the director. But I think if you kind of look at it holistically, we could kind of go through it. Oh, but then that's that's super subjective, obviously. Also, like, a lot of shows are also written episodes are written by different people. So right, exactly. It just gets um, tough to, to do. Th- that. That's why I think we came up with the best season single episode um, mm-hmm. of a season, yeah. and I think that encompasses both writing and directing in that. So that's kind of the reason we have that. It's just it would be difficult to kind of uh, parse all of that in terms of yeah. writing and directing. Um, the next comment: I'd v- have vote for Midnight Mass in every category if I could. Um, best show of the year for me by uh, a country mile. So I agree with um, your opinion, whoever this is, but learn how to use commas. <laughs> yeah, it's tripping me up, but um, we get what you mean. Um, special shout out to Castlevania season four. Yeah, I love Castlevania. Um, and uh, Warren and uh, Warren Ellis is a weird creep, but he is one hell of a, war- a writer. I'm assuming that's related to Castlevania. I'm assuming. Yes, uh, I think. But, I mean, you kind of have to be weird. I mean, Castlevania is a pretty weird and strange show. It's on Netflix, right? It is on Netflix, yep. It's uh, it's actually really good. I like it a lot. Not enough to nominate it, but yeah. You tell him, Pat. <laughs> well, there's so many shows. Like, there's so many shows. I, I, I get it. I get it yeah. but especially this year. 2021 had, like, it was a great year for television. Like, movies definitely suffered, but TV shows just knocked it out of the park, I think. Uh, moving on to video games. Best sound design. Who has that one? Our first uh, category for video games is best sound design. So this is the most immersive sound effects in a video game. 
Our nominees are The Artful Escape, Deathloop, Forza Horizon 5, Resident Evil Village, and Returnal. And the winner is Returnal. Nice, nice. We've we've talked about this a lot. Yeah, they captured rain. They they made it feel <laughs> like it was raining in your headphones and like your controller. It's I don't know how they did it, but um Returnal also is the winner of my personal award for best video game I did not finish. And I did not finish it because of technical issues. So yeah. all right. Does anybody else have a, a game in this category? A best video game that we didn't finish? Yep. Uh I think Returnal would also be mine for the same reasons. It's tough because like we, we talked about it when it happened for a game like that where can't save it. I guess at yeah. the time we couldn't save it. Like they, to have it crash like that was so frustrating. So that it like was it made the game off putting, even though the game itself was good, and that that sucked. Yeah, I love to get back working correctly and like everything's working fine. I'm like, yeah, this is I'm definitely gonna yeah. Like the story was just like kind of what the hell is going on, and it was an interesting way to tell the story. Like, and I was just like, I want to get into this, but I literally, yeah. I literally can't. It's, it's too much lost damn, progress, yeah. and that's one of my biggest pet peeves in uh, yeah. video gaming. So, especially when you're on a run that you're doing. Like, I had a run where I was like doing so well, like, oh, I can really make strides with this, and then the game crashed, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, they did uh, recently update it and include a, sa- a feature that allows you to like save your mm-hmm. thing and reload it. Um, I might go back to it, but there's also a lot out this year, so I don't know. But Rick, right. do you have a favorite game that I didn't beat? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a couple. Uh, Deathloop. Got pretty far in Deathloop, um, but still did not complete it. Uh, same with uh, Metroid Dread. But I would say that my, my pure winner of this category would have to be uh, Death Store. Considering, like, I, I love it. I got it, like, before Halo came out, and I, I'm still playing the crap out of it. It's just, I don't say it's Souls-like, but it's gets really rough at times and yeah it definitely involves a lot of dodging yeah so i think like learning the patterns of the bosses and kind of like doing them over and uh stuff like that is like souls like in that situation so i'll give it to you yeah, there'll be multiple times where i just like go back to the home menu like look at other games maybe start another game to get to the intro screen and then back at death yeah, it's still in the back of your head like i can beat that guy i just need to one more try <laughs> Chance, what about you? Best video game that you didn't finish in 2021? I'm still playing it, um, but I would say uh, Megumi Tensei 5. I'm still playing it. Shin Megami I mean, Tensei just came out. <laughs> what is it called? What did you Shin say? Megami Shin Megami Tensei 5. Shin Megami? Yeah. Megumi Tensei. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Shin, Shin Megami Tensei 5. SMT 5, is. Uh, you can also just say that. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm still playing it, uh, but Pokemon just came out. Which, this is a kind of another kind of same genre of game. Um, and then Dying Light comes out in like a yeah. week. I'm still <laughs> so. playing it. The lie we all tell ourselves at some point. <laughs> I know, I'm still playing it. I'm still, I promise. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, have, I didn't beat it obviously last year and I'm still playing it now, so. I'm still playing Returnal. <laughs> Yeah, same. All right. Our second category is best level design. This is the most well-constructed world that complements the gameplay systems in a video game. And the nominees are Death Store, Deathloop, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, and Returnal. And the winner is Psychonauts 2. Yeah. 
Well deserved. Well deserved. Well done, Psychonauts. Yeah, the levels were were really crazy. They're creative in terms of like going into someone's mind and making connections. And um, there's that pachinko, the level where you're in a dentist's mind and everything's made of teeth. And there's like the X-ray, the X-rays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, very creative, and yeah, Psychonauts Two is is a great game all around. So. If you haven't played it, it's on Game Pass. What the fuck are you doing with your life? You can you can you can play it through the cloud. You don't even have to download it. Yeah. Alrighty. Our next category is best co-op slash multiplayer experience. This is the most well-designed and fun gameplay experience that accounts for multiple players, either competitive or co-op, in a video game. And our nominees are Halo Infinite, Knockout City, Splitgate, Mario Party Superstars. And Final Fantasy fourteen, and the winner is Halo Infinite. Yeah, that kind of yes. goes without saying. Yeah, <laughs> Halo Infinite. Yes, yes. <laughs> Halo Infinite. I mean, I've gushed about it multiple episodes on this podcast, but it, Halo's fucking back, and I'm still playing this game like every week. Like I finished the Battle Pass, and I'm still going back to do weekly challenges just to earn. It's like a side thing just to earn. Uh, cosmetic rewards every week but it's just to play because they're introducing new game modes they introduced attrition a couple of weeks ago which is super fun and uh yeah i can't wait for uh co-op in the actual campaign which comes out you know season two and then you know they're going to add more maps more game modes more weapons it's just phenomenal i love halo infinite honorable mention to split gate that came out of nowhere and which, Holy cow, that was a lot of fun. If Splitgate had come out last year when we didn't have Halo, like full, fully launched and gained popularity mm-hmm. as much as it did, because it was in beta uh, a couple of years ago. So um, I think it just was overshadowed by Halo this year. Like, kind of hit its launch, but what are you going to do? And also Knockout City. That was a fun little summer romp. I know. That was like two weeks where we were super into it, and then like no one, Zach and Chance, never played it. I, it's tough because like I would rather actually go outside and play dodgeball. Can you get a sniper ball or a low gravity ball in real life? No. Multi ball. Oh, you can go play dodgeball on trampolines. That's sort of low gravity. It's not the same. <laughs> gravity still exists, Zach. Yeah. As much as you hate it. <laughs> I don't hate gravity. Oh, we you know mean? how you feel about gravity. <laughs> Who hates gravity? It's literally the reason we exist. Uh, you hate it. Next category is most underrated game, but before that, I'm going to give a special award. Um, I'm going to call this award the shame of the year. The game that you played that you're not really proud of, but you played it and you might have had fun. Um, For me, that would be Lawn Mowing Simulator. (laughs) I don't know if there's a year attached to that, but honestly, like there was no reason to play it. It was something to kind of kill time until Death's Door got on sale or the single player of Halo came out. And it was just December and I was like, I don't I don't know what to do. So I just kind of got into this. And I just kind of watched YouTube videos while mowing lawns in the background. And I probably spent a good solid 10 hours on this game. And I have no idea why. Maybe it's a dad thing, but could be I don't know. just a soothing experience where you don't have to like think about beating bosses or anything. All right, now let's go to most underrated game of 2021. It is the best all-around package in terms of story, gameplay, and fun factor that did not get its due recognition in terms of popularity. Nominees are Hitman 3, The Forgotten City, 
Knockout City, Chivalry 2, and Ruined King, League of Legends Story. And the winner is... The Forgotten City, which is at because it was likely forgotten. It was not forgotten today, <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a game that was a mod for Skyrim. That's how it originally started, and they made it into a full game. And it came out, and it was surprisingly well done. Uh, but I really have not heard many people talk about it. And I think it was just kind of, it came out like August or something when a lot of other stuff was coming out and it kind of just got overshadowed and um, not a lot of people gave it a chance, but they definitely should. And it's on game pass. I recommend playing it on game pass. It's not a long game. There's a lot of options, a lot of fun dialogue things. It's not all wordy, um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I do have a personal award to give out. This kind of goes in the same vein as most underrated. It sort of uh, this for me, is the games that you forgot came out this year. Uh, so the five games that I forgot came out this year were Outriders. With, with good reason, you mean? What like, do you mean? I forgot this came out this year, but it probably it deserves to stay forgotten. Like it's it's not like yeah yeah yeah. It probably deserves to stay okay. forgotten because it probably wasn't very good. But like that's the thing. Like I totally forgot about it because it didn't deserve to be remembered. All right. So Outriders was the first one. Medal of Honor above and beyond that was last year was that last year yeah well that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) i saw it on here it may have come to something else that's why i saw it um balan wonder world uh destruction all stars which is something (laughs) that we were currently talking about (laughs) and then warrior wear get it together yeah, I've I heard people talk about that, but it's not really my type of game. Destruction All Stars is my winner because fuck that game. And while we are dunking on games, I also have a personal award to give out. <laughs> For my personal award, it is overrated games. So these are games that people, for some reason, have still talked about and still consider amazing that are not that. Uh, so the winner is. Oh shit, would you look at that? It's a fucking tie. It's a tie between Resident Evil Village and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Those oh, games, that's not fair. Those that's games not are fair. middle those games are middle of the road. Middle if of that. the road games. Alright? Gameplay is nothing new. There's nothing innovative going on with the story. Performances are terrible in some of them, okay in another. They're very middle of the road games and they do not deserve to be game of the year type games all right were they both nominated one of them was but i've seen resident evil village get nominated in other game of the year awards but it's still highly rated it people like it's on a it's like an 80 something on open critic that's that's a 70 game if i've ever played one i think ratchet and clank deserves to be up there a 70 game if i've ever played one they both never played it you never played Ratchet and Clank. I beat Ratchet and Clank. He played Ratchet and Clank. I watched him. Ratchet and Clank has an eight and a half. That's that's solid. It deserves that. No, Ratchet and Clank is like a seventy-eight. I disagree with you. Sir. This is my personal award, so. I want it on the record. You played that game spitefully, <laughs> in the same way you watched Avatar spitefully. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just mean, want that on the record. I mean, I did in a way, but. You know, I'm not saying it's a bad game by any means. It's not bad. It's just forgettable. It's middle of the road. 
Yeah, you can change between dimensions at certain points. It's it, they they like touted as their big like innovation. The SSD allows you to do this, but it's like only at certain points. Other games have done that. Titanfall did that on the Xbox One. So, best remaster remake, um, best all around package of gameplay, quality of life, and visual improvements in a previously released video game. And the nominees is Mass Effect Legendary Edition, um, Super Mario 3D World. Plus Bowser's Fury, um, Alan Wake Remastered, Pokemon, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, and Resident Evil 4 VR. And the uh, award goes to... I mean, we know who won. Yeah. Yeah. Super Mario... No, I'm sorry. Mass Effect Legendary... I was about to say no shot. <laughs> yeah. I would have I left. This was 100% unanimous. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mass Effect Legendary um, Edition. Obviously, those are great games. They, you know, brought them to the current gen, not the current gen, the last gen, yeah. uh, with visual and quality of life improvements. And, you know, they fixed a lot of the control issues, Number like Mass Effect 1 had. They fixed a lot of glitches, but they kept the the package intact. And Yeah, that, that game's had a mass effect on how I view games nowadays. You know what I mean? It's just, it's it's revolutionary. Um, we, we've actually done a podcast on Mass Effect 1, which Zach had never played. Uh, go check that out. At some point, we will go back and do Mass Effect 2, if Zach ever played I'm ready. There's a lot of stuff to play, man. You don't play any of it, though. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> God. All right. Next category is Best Art Direction and Visuals. Um, which is the most beautiful and cohesive art design in a video game. The nominees are Forza Horizon 5, Guardians of the Galaxy, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. I'm still getting that echo, by the way. Psychonauts 2. And lastly, Ratchet and Clank Ripped Apart. And the award for Best Art Direction slash Visual... And the gaming category goes to Ratchet and Clank. What the fuck is this? That's absolute bullshit. Bullshit. Get in line! I mean, it looks like a Pixar movie. That doesn't mean shit. Um, Pixar movies look like Pixar movies 10 years ago. Let's go! Get in! Bullshit. That's bullshit. No, no. It just looks so good. It's bullshit. You know what deserved to win? Guardians of the Galaxy. You know which video game I I took like 15 pictures of? In the photo mode, which I like never do, Guardians of the fucking Guardians. Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, it's a it's a it's a it's a good looking game. I mean, yeah, but it, it doesn't have the same visual style that Guardians of the Galaxy did. It's a great game, man. Give it to you. And it's good. It looks beautiful. It's gorgeous. Did you ever play it? What Ratchet and Clank? You don't have a PlayStation Five. What, do, you? what do you mean? Yes, I do. It does not. No. But are you kidding me? <laughs> Wait. That's why you couldn't do the Returnal and the Kenner review. Oh my god. Does he have both consoles? You have both consoles? Yes. yes. I don't even know. I feel like you don't even play. Did he just walk away? Yeah, he just walked away. He got mad and just ditched. All right, well, it looks like a Pixar movie. That's your whole argument for this movie, or this game? I mean, I'm not arguing over anything. It just, it's just a great game visually. Um, and I'm glad that it was recognized for its innovation. Next category. All righty. So, best musical score 
goes, it is the musical score slash soundtrack that best conveys the tone of the video game. And our nominees are The Artful Escape, Deathloop, Death's Door, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Halo Infinite. And Honestly, all of those are great, I agree. great nominees. Yeah, 100%. And the winner is Halo Infinite. Yes! Halo Infinite's music is fucking phenomenal. I thought all those games had great music, though. So Yeah, 100%. Death's Door had phenomenal music. It's just when compared to that, it was one guy doing the music in Death's Door versus, you know, two composers and, you know, they have a whole symphony orchestra at their disposal. <laughs> right. It just kind of has a, an edge there. Guardians of the Galaxy had great licensed music. Yep. Artful Escape, obviously, is mostly music. And then Deathloop had the original song in the trailers, but best gameplay. Who has that? I do. Best gameplay, uh, the most fun and polished gameplay loop in a video game. And the nominees are Deathloop, Forza Horizon 5, Halo Infinite, Metroid Dread, and Returnal. And... The winner of best gameplay of 2021 Tuggies goes to Halo Infinite. Best gameplay. That game looks super sharp. Looks really good. Um, well, not only does it look good, but yeah, it just feels <laughs> like he's, perfect. He's talking about gameplay, or is he talking about mission? Yeah, well, I mean, like it, it, the gameplay is really it's 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 solid and it's yeah, like knows what it is, and it's just it just feels tight. Shooting mechanics are great. The fact that you can get out, like even if you're being shot first, you can get out if you have enough skill and actually win as long as you're not super aggressive like some people on the podcast. Hey, when I get a reversal, uh, two though, words, it feels good. Grapple Grappling hook. Yep. <laughs> honestly, that, that like, honestly, like once I remembered that I have a grappling hook, I could get out of any situation and it just made the game so much easier. Just like I kept getting stuck in certain areas. I'm like, you know what? Just Spider-Man over here. Yeah. You're fine. <laughs> and I like kind of turned the halo formula on its head by opening up, making kind of open world with these side activities you can do. It introduced boss fights for the first time. We've had, you know, fights against hunters and stuff that you could kind of consider boss fights. But enemies actually had health bars. Enemies actually had different behaviors uh, that you were fighting. The boss fights were all unique and super fun. And uh, I really enjoyed everything about that game. So gameplay is definitely I think I think what it did a good job, too, of was it being like pretty accessible to people who hadn't played Halo before. Like If you'd played previous Halo games, like I've, I've played it at friends' houses and people who've grown up playing Halo, like that game, like previous Halos are not forgiving. It included Academy and like a weapons drills and everything. Yeah, and it does a good way of kind of like if you've never played Halo before, kind of getting you into the ecosystem like pretty seamlessly and... Like obviously there's a skill gap there, but I felt like you could you didn't have to worry about like oh now I have to deal with like controls and shit being funky. So I thought they did a good job of that. Yeah, not to take away anything from these other games because honestly the gameplay in any of these is great. Oh yeah, but... for sure. All right, best narrative and writing in a video game, the most compelling and impactful story and or dialogue in a video game, and the nominees are The Forgotten City, Guardians of the Galaxy. Halo Infinite, Life is Strange True Colors, and Psychonauts 2. And the winner is 
Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. nice. Good, 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 good. Yes, because that the, the narrative in Guardians of the Galaxy is great. Like, honestly, whoever is the narrative lead, whoever's the narrative team at Eidos Montreal, like, give them a raise. Let them have, you know, even more creative freedom to do whatever they want for the sequel, because that game absolutely deserves a sequel. Uh, gameplay kind of lagged in Guardians of the Galaxy, but I think the narrative more than made up for it. So performances were also great. Honestly, if you want to hear what I have to add, go back and check out my review of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice, nice. But yeah, honestly, that that narrative was great. It was a fun story. It kept kind of dragging you back in. And also the characters, the dialogue, it just felt familiar, even though it was kind of, an, I would say, a revamp. But uh, not the Guardians of the Galaxy we're completely used to, but it just worked so well. Yeah. Um, especially introduced, like, the, the actual story arc itself and the new characters, like, it worked very well. Yeah. And talk about an uphill battle. Like we, we've all seen the MCU, at least us on the podcast. And, you know, a lot of people obviously have seen the MCU and they're familiar with those characters. They love those characters, but this game got me to love these characters even more. So if, in my head now, the definitive version of the guardians of the galaxy is from this game, not from the movies. Oh, it's wow. A huge accomplishment. So indie game of the year. Uh, This is the best all-around package in terms of story, gameplay, and fun factor in a video game made by a developer not owned by a major company. And the nominees are Death Store, The Forgotten City, Inscription, Kenna Bridge of Spirits, and 12 Minutes. And the winner is Inscription. Well deserved. Yeah. I literally the day before voting closed beat inscription and took a long walk to dust in the wind playing in the background and contemplated, should I change my vote from death's door to inscription? And I'm like, I kind of, I kind of have to. So I went back and like, you know, it's kind of like shooting your dog cause it has rabies. Uh, you kind of just have to go take it back behind the shed and, Put one right b- between the eyes. Jesus Put it Christ! Or in this, in this instance, your crow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh God. So, uh, yeah. I mean, Death Store is an amazing game, and it actually wins my personal award for. I can't believe I had to do that, but I had to put it out of its misery. To uh, <laughs> Death Store, um, I changed my vote from Death Store to Inscription, and I had no idea Chance even played Inscription, but for some reason, he voted for it. So, inscription one. I was expecting Chance to say something. <laughs> um, Chance didn't play it, did you? <laughs> I'm glad it won. Yeah, I okay. played it. <laughs> that was not, I, that's not what I got from the look on your I, face. I don't know if I believe that. I don't think Chance played any of these. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> and if he did, I did I'll say go my, New Year's res- my, new, my New Year's uh, resolution is to play more indie games. That was 28 days ago. Voting closed before that. But I'm, but that's why I made the resolution. So I this won't happen again. He's got to play more than zero <laughs> to, to beat his record for last year. <laughs> Doable. He he got the winning vote though. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. Yeah. Alrighty. Who has um best performance? Best performance, the most impactful, compelling, and best executed performance by an actor or actress in a video game. Our nominees are. Jen Taylor as Cortana, the weapon, 
and Dr. Catherine Halsey in Halo Infinite. That's a lot of voices. Erica Mori as Alex Chen in Life is Strange True Colors. Oziyama Aka as Juliana Blake in Deathloop. Willem Dafoe as Cop in 12 Minutes. For the first was- time in the history of the Tuggies, an actor has been nominated for Best Performance for Movie and Best Performance for a video game. If he was in a TV show, he would have won the Triple Crown there. Yep, that is the Tuggy Triple Crown. And in both of these instances, he was Willem the Foe. Um, but yeah, he was the cop in 12 minutes. <laughs> and uh, Romain Denis as Nikki Gold in Guardians of the Galaxy. And your best performance in a video game winner is... Thank God. Jen Taylor as Cortana, the Weapon, and Catherine Halsey, Halo Infinite. Yeah, like literally doing triple duty in that game. And the way she plays the weapon as like someone who's naive and, you know, uh, kind of unknowing. And then, you know, Catherine Halsey is kind of like that elderly. You can tell like she's she's seen some shit. And then uh, obviously Cortana just plays that so well and the emotional connection between uh, Master Chief and Cortana just comes off so well. And I did not expect to like the weapon as much as I did throughout this game. But by the end of the the game, I'm like, fucking, I love the weapon, man. So Yeah, I agree. She was kind of apprehensive, but also excited. It just brought a lot of character that Cortana, like Cortana herself never really had. She was sassy at times, but like, yeah, this was a more like innocent Cortana. All right. Uh, next topic um best video game publisher uh the publisher that has the most output in terms of quality games and future announcements all right the nominees are xbox game studios nintendo playstation studios electronic arts and devolver digital um, and the winner of Best Video Game Publisher of the 2021 Tuggies is Xbox Game Studios. Yeah, so that bad. was inevitable. Was it not? It, it was Thanos, basically, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, they uh, they knocked it out of the park in 2021. They had Forza, they had Halo Infinite, they had uh, um, exclusives in terms of like... Uh, Forgot, no, Forgotten City wasn't it. So Death's Door was exclusive to Halo. Or for exclusive to... <laughs> you could only play Death's Door in Halo. Uh, Death's Door was exclusive to Xbox for like six months. Um, really quality. Uh, Psychonauts 2 was uh, also a yeah. first-party published game. Deathloop was a first-party published game, even though that was exclusive to PlayStation. That was... I, I think Xbox gets credit for that because they're the ones who published it. So... Um, they they published a lot of great games and they made a lot of deals to bring games to Game Pass and I think Game Pass in terms of just value and quality of games is was huge in twenty twenty one. Zach mentioned the game he forgot about Outriders, free day day and date on uh, Game Pass. I, I keep forgetting which one. Back for Blood was also day and date. They did a great job there and in terms of future announcements, we got. The announcements of Outer Worlds 2, we got Somerville, we had, uh, they just knocked it out of the park, I think. Yeah, and then, you know, normally PlayStation would be up there, but I, I feel like in 2021, 
They had Returnal. They had Ratchet and Clank. We already know my feelings on Ratchet and Clank. Um, and then Horizon got delayed. God of War got delayed. And they really didn't really bring the heat in 2021. Yeah, they didn't really have a lot going for them. Like, what, EA? Like, <laughs> I mean, EA had uh, they had the game of the year. They had It Takes Two. They had uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. They had uh, the announcement of Dead Space. They had Battlefield. Yeah, Battlefield was a disappointment, but they also had Knockout City. Um, and then they also had uh, what was the Tim Burton-y game? Uh, the Dice one? Yeah. Lost in Random. So I, I feel like EA did a pretty good job. I know EA you know, is like the most hated publisher on earth, but uh, I, I feel like they did a good job in 2021. So better than Ubisoft, who is not nominated. Ooh. Moving on, we have best video game developer. Who has that one? Which is the developer that has the most output in terms of quality games and future announcements. The nominees are Insomniac Games, Obsidian Entertainment, Arcane Studios, Remedy Entertainment, and 343 Industries. And Zach has something to, to say here. He was complaining about Remedy being nominated. They put out uh, Alan Wake Remastered, and then they announced Alan Wake Alan 2. Wake. I understand that, but like the game you release is a game that existed. Other projects. The game you release is a game that existed already, just remastered. Not on PlayStation. Does they it... introduced 120 million people to that game for the first time. Either way, when you put it in that context, that's nice and dandy, but they had years to go play that game. They didn't have to play it on PlayStation. Maybe they only had a PlayStation. That's on them. You'd be so hard. That's on them for being poor. That, that's not what I'm saying. Oh, is that what you're saying? Are you saying? Oh my God. Are you saying to? Wow, you sitting on your ivory class like that? Throne in your ivory tower. Piece of shit. With your ivory toothbrush. It's not even practical. Ivory toothbrush. Who? What is? And honestly, how many how many elephants died for that ivory toothbrush? I don't six. have an ivory toothbrush, and I hope no elephant had to die. You for don't even ivory have it. You threw it out. Oh my god! <laughs> so wasteful. I hate it here. Now that the entire five is ruined, the winner was Insomniac. Zach. Good. Good. Deserving so winner. Thanks for ruining that for them. Yeah, they released a very okay game in 2021, but then they also announced Spider-Man Two and Wolverine. Like that's two huge Marvel properties. That got you excited. Like Wolverine was one of the most hyped announcements in the PlayStation Showcase. It's like on the level of uh, Outer Worlds two being announced when which we call it Obsidian's already working on. Um, about about yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what is the name of that game? <laughs> anyway, all right. Best game direction, outstanding creative vision and innovation in game design that complements gameplay, audio visuals and a st- and story in a video game and your nominees are dinga bakaba arcane studios for deathloop jean-francois dugas montreal montreal for guardians of the galaxy joseph staten 343 industries for halo 5 or halo infinite uh marcus smith insomniac games for ratchet and clank ripped apart and uh, the beloved Tim Schafer, Double Fine, for Psychonauts 2. Your winner for Best Game Direction. Tuggy goes to... Ooh. <laughs> Time Schafer, 
double fine for Psychonauts 2. Does it literally say time? It says time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tim Schafer. <laughs> Stupid autocorrect. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Honestly, beautiful direction, like just especially with just all-around package. Yeah, just the way that story is told, the way you can go to different uh, parts of it, because you're kind of free to go to a different... I don't want to ruin anything, but you can um, kind of pull different threads of the narrative um, and do things out of order and the way it kind of ties together and like makes sense, even if you're doing them in different orders. So um, yeah, it was just a, a well-directed game. Like Rick said, a great Tim Schafer deserves a lot of credit there. So, so does time agreed time conquers all. <laughs> and then now we're moving on to game of the year. Does anybody have any personal awards or anything before we... I want, I want to give a special shout-out. I'm sorry. Um, sorry, when I was on paternity leave and being up most of the night with my baby, best game I could possibly play uh, came across my lap, quite literally in my laptop, and that was... Um, definitely did not come out this year. It was technically a release date was late 2019, but once again, big shout-out to Disco Elysium. That really got me through. Um, everything about that game is beautiful. Go buy it. All right, keep going. I mean, speaking of best games that we played in 2021 that were not 2021 games, I'm gonna give a shout out to Greedfall. Uh, I was itching for a big, you know, action RPG uh, or Western RPG, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I was like going through it. And I'm like, you know what? Zach kind of talked this game up a while back. I never really gave it a shot, but then it came to Game Pass. So I'm like, let's fire it up. And then I played it and I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, the story was very well done. The combat was so-so, but, um, you know, just the way you could kind of handle your, change how your character, like build to fit your play style. And they're juggling a lot of different things. And I think Spiders did a really good job with that game. Zach, do you have a... any games not 2021 that you played in 2021? Um, Intent. What do you mean? Octopath Traveler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. Octopath Traveler. Um, I'm still, like, I guess technically in the middle of playing it. Um, but I've gotten to, like, the second, uh, I guess, part of every player's story of every character story um it's uh i'll have to i have to keep playing it um but i really i've really enjoyed it so far i love that like just from the start of it from like the very beginning it, i i picked uh, henwa as the hunter to start but like from the get-go the story was just super gripping and it never really left like my engagement every character i went to as i was starting their journey i felt their stories were all super compelling and I never wanted to stop. Um, I had to stop because I had to play other games for this. <laughs> but I didn't want to stop. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to get back into that. So yeah, no, that game is fantastic. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And even though Zach didn't mention it, I'm sure he means Mass Effect 1 is definitely up there. Mass Effect 1 is definitely up there. But we talked about it previously. But we did a whole podcast dedicated yeah. to it. Um, Chance. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Best non-2021 game that you played in 2021. Resident Evil 7. 
Oh yeah. Um, so I happened to. How play... the fuck do I know games you guys have played in twenty one? You're putting us on the weird, spot. Yeah, creeper. you're a weird guy. You talked about it on the podcast. What do you mean? He's going to our profiles on Xbox. Like, who's this person played with? Ooh. Um, That sounds um, way creepier. (laughs) But yeah, I played... Well, obviously, to prepare for Village, I played Resident Evil Biohazard. Um, And big differences between the two. One seems to be a lot more scarier, and the other one's a lot more of like a shooter. One's a better game overall. (laughs) Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad I played both. I don't really play many scary games and I completed bio, uh, biohazard and, uh, it was fun. Um, it was, uh, I enjoyed playing it and I, I also liked village. It was a different kind of game. I know not everyone likes it. It's very mixed, at least in, uh, in this, uh, Ben v- discord channel. Bienvenido house but, is the best part of that game. Is that the dollhouse? Uh, yeah. The yeah. dollhouse, yeah, it's a really good. Um, I thought the castle was really good. The very, like the, the very beginning, um, was very good, and the dollhouse was pretty. good. I like the dollhouse as well. Um, I'm actually have I'm close to beating Village, but I actually haven't beaten it yet. I guess that's one of my games that going back to that I'd never completed yet. All right. Um, now we finally come to game of the year, the best all around package in terms of story, gameplay, and fun factor in a video game. Your nominees are Deathloop, Forza Horizon 5, Guardians of the Galaxy, Halo Infinite, Metroid Dread, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Those of you counting are like, wait, that's six. Don't you guys normally have five per category? Well, there was a tie between Forza Horizon 5 and Ratchet and Clank for nominations. So instead of excluding one, we added both to the nominations. Why not? Even though one of those does not deserve to be there. And your winner is Halo, Halo Infinite. Infinite. Yeah, it had to be. No way. Shocker. Halo, I mean, on it, we've talked about it. The best in terms of gameplay, best in terms of music, uh, had great performance, and it had a, a really good narrative. And it's still fun to play. I think I haven't looked up how many hours I have on it, but it's got to be over 300, I, I would say, at this point. And it's going to continue to climb because that is just such a fun game so yeah i mean we've talked about it to death but halo just you know they were kind of also fighting an uphill battle in terms of their original reveal in 2020 and then there was the delay uh there's the whole craig fiasco um they really had to like you know just buckle down and get that game into a in a shape where they could ship it and have it be well received and you know, the flights helped, the the constant communication and um, openness of throughout development. They had uh, monthly updates with the development team, um, kind of focusing on different aspects. And they kind of stumbled a little bit with the, the microtransactions and the challenges and everything. But they quickly, like it was two weeks like before the game was even officially out because it did release in beta for the multiplayer. Um, before the game was even out, they did fix everything most of the things based on fan feedback and they're continuing to do so super awesome game overall yeah, kudos to halo great fun game campaign had a fun time doing it some challenges but as i said grappling hooks so yeah and uh i think that delay was the best thing that they could have done because 
if this if Halo as it is now launched last year, I don't see it beating Last of Us Two. I don't know about you, Rick, but Last of Us Two was just a powerhouse in terms of story and gameplay and graphics and like all around package. So um, that delay got them out of the way of Last of Us and let them shine over all these other games. So I think that delay was the best choice they made. Yeah. Um, we do have some comments. Who wants to read these? Um, I will. Uh, Star Citizen made great strides towards their goals. Uh, while they're still in alpha, their game edges even closer to completion. Okay, which developer um, of Star Citizen posted that? <laughs> the game's in alpha. Of course it doesn't qualify. <laughs> Who is the developer? Star Citizen? Yeah. Uh, it's like a new studio. This game has been it's been crowdfunded for the past like eight years. Um, they've raised millions of dollars, uh, and it keeps trying to be the most realistic space shooting game. Yeah, they added that you. Uh, you get materials. You you fly in space. You buy ships, and like the ships are huge, and like you have crews and, and they and bounty hunt. They recently added a first person shooter module. So you're flying the ship, you're doing all this stuff, and then once you land on a planet, now it's a first-person shooter. Um, and then you can do different things. You can either like trade and market, and you can be a pirate. You can steal from other people. Yeah, yeah you can like catch people in space. and like. It's too ambitious for its own good, though. If this game ever comes out, which I don't think it will, you will not be able to run it. There's too much going so, on. Yeah, they're trying to do the best graphics and best gameplay and shooting and all of this other stuff. It's, it's never going to come out. Uh, it's been in a alpha crowdfund for eight years now. So, oh wow, yeah. But anyway, next comment here. Who wants to read that? Second comment was: I had such a fantastic time with Monster Hunter Rise, which was my personal game of the year. But other than that, these were great selections for each category. Well, thank you for whoever yeah. wrote that. I've I've heard great things about Monster Hunter Rise too. So I think it's just with four people you still cannot play every game in every category. And it's just, none of us are monster hunter Mm-mm. fans. Really? I think chance is the one closest and I don't think he played too much. Yeah. Uh, even I didn't play too much. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, it's a very, very good, uh, franchise. Our third comment is simply psychonauts two with three exclamation points. Honestly, you only need one exclamation exclamation point. It says it all right it there, enough. you know, Psychonauts 2. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think we gave Psychonauts 2 its its due recognition. It was a very great game, mm-hmm. uh long anticipated, long awaited and very well executed. Yeah. Um Yeast 9 Monstrum Knox easily has the best gameplay, level design and soundtrack, but nowhere to be seen cuz niche franchise. <laughs> near Re- replicant has the best story and a nice soundtrack too. near replicant well, does have what's a nice near replicant the other year no near replicant version one point whatever 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 oh uh, that the, one yeah yeah it, the remake that came out this year remaster or whatever it was um but it's just yeah like we said before even with four people you can't play every game in every category and those I, i've never i'd never even heard of yeast nine yeah. So I can't comment on that. But apparently that's popular enough to be nine of them. So <laughs> um and then yeah, Near Replicant is just it's a very niche franchise, so yeah. We have not no one played it. 
Chance, you want to take the last comment here? Yes. Uh, Returnal as game of the year. Smiley face. I think Returnal... Is this you, Adam Bankhurst? <laughs> I think this is Adam. It could be Adam. And, and I think Returnal would have gotten it to do from us had we been able to play it and it not crashed. Because the story was super compelling, it. and I feel like that that like that could have really helped bolster it too. But couldn't get into yeah, it. I, I really, well, I really want to know what's going on with that astronaut who's following you. I know. I might never know. <laughs> but yeah, those were our tuggies. Uh, thanks to everyone who voted. If you felt like somebody got shafted or you know a category isn't included, uh, feel free to email us. Uh, let us know. Comment whatever and we will we've always constantly changing and adding new categories personal awards were new this year i think that's something we'll continue i think that went pretty well um and then yeah we did take out some categories we added some new categories we shifted stuff around we added actual definitions this time because we didn't last time and i I don't think a lot of people voting were on the same page so um we're constantly getting better with our our tuggies and i think the next tuggies will be even better um, maybe we need an award for best tuggies. Which year? No, that's no. Then we should do it next year and year five. Year five, be like, which of the previous four were the best? It should be the most recent <laughs> one. Like, if it's getting better each time, that means you're doing a shit the award job. Goes like, to the Untitled Gaming Podcast for <laughs> tuggies year five. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. You can reach us with any questions, comments, concerns. Or talk shit about how Zach's terrible at playing games at the Untitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on our social media. On, tri- on Twitter, we are at TUGPOD. On Instagram, we are at TUG underscore POD. On Reddit, we are at R slash TUGPOD. And on Facebook, we are the Untitled Gaming Podcast. Also, check out our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash tugpod. We also ask that you subscribe and leave us reviews. Five-star reviews for us. One-star review for every other podcast. Do you guys see the new new season of Coco Melon? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is Coco Melon? It's, it's what you get as a dessert at, at a certain restaurant. It sounds delicious. <laughs> Coconut and melon? That sounds great. Honestly, I don't think I don't think chocolate and melon really flow together. Okay, so your kid doesn't watch. Oh, co- I thought it was co- 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 My kid's coconut. seven months yeah. old. Link does not have. It's a children's show, and it's like super popular. It's like huge, and it's on uh, Netflix. It's like in the top ten, like every month.